Hi, I'm David. And I'm Maddie. And you're listening to Legend Logic. With episode two of Failed Assassination Attempts. And today's episode is recorded for you in front of a live studio audience. Including two cats. Mm -hmm. They're both eagerly waiting by the door. They're both very angry that we are not allowing them to be a part of this recording. I don't think their mouths would be welcomed, but maybe. You might hear a mouth in the background, to be honest with you. It's very hard to control them. Yeah. Floofer likes to mow into the sky randomly for no reason he's an old man okay he's getting a little senile he's just trying to communicate him's just turned 11 him's turned 11 this month and i cried about it cry deeply oh look speak of the devil here he is hi floofer anyway what do you have for us today today i'm going to tell you about the failed assassination attempt of king louis the 15th Ooh, french king yes i think so i would assume yeah i think so yeah it is we've had lovely experiences with the french on our podcast so far have we yeah i mean just the the ordolan bunting uh, oh gotcha 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 i was like who was french i didn't talk (laughs) about anybody french so are you ready I am. I'm very excited. I saw this one briefly in my research, but I didn't uh, dive into it anymore. So I'm excited to hear a more full description. All right, here we go. January 5th, 1757, a cold winter's night. King Louis XV emerges from his palace as the clock strikes six. As he walks towards the awaiting carriage, a man jumps out of the dark of the night squeezes between the guards and stabs his royal highness right in his royal side. 42-year-old Robert Francois Damiens believed he had done it. He was going to succeed in ridding the world of King Louis XV. And to that I say, eh, wrong-o. See, Robert had the heart and he had the spirit to do the job, right? Mm. But his blade was so small that it barely did anything. Oh, no. So in reality, Robert had failed to mortally injure the king. Uh, so I'm going to tell you what happens to the king, and then I'm going to tell you what happens to Robert. Sure, and and I just want to say, this man's name is Robert Francois Domiens, and you weren't sure if this king was French or not? I'm cutting that part out. Don't make <laughs> me sound stupid. No, I oh, no, I knew he was French because, and I'll get into it in a minute, but like he... He literally is blamed for being the the beginning of the descent that would cause the French Revolution. Okay, gotcha. So, like, yes, he was French and he was terrible. But okay. anyway, we're moving forward. Wait, the king? The king. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, like I said, King Louis XV has just been stabbed in the side by Robert, 42-year-old Robert. Robert's nobody, first of all, and the king is the king. So I'm going to start with the king. So look at the circumstances, okay? It's January, and the king can afford to be warm. So he's wearing several layers of clothing. Oh, yeah. So a small knife, obviously, not going to do the job. Only the tip of the knife got through and punctured the king's skin. 
and the king thought he had literally been like elbowed or punched by this man okay. until he pulled his hand away from the wound and he saw that he was bleeding. Mm -hmm. However, I do understand why Robert may have thought he succeeded in killing the king originally because King Louis XV was a drama king. He is the drama. He's here for the drama. He serves the drama. So he's a king who's a drama king. Correct. Amazing. Yeah. He does not save the drama for his mama. Everybody has to do it. Wait. So you're telling me he thought he was punched or elbowed or something or other. But then he saw then, he was bleeding. Then he saw he was bleeding and suddenly the world was ending. Yeah. When the king discovered he had been stabbed, he was sure he was going to die. He was like, this is the end. Goodbye, cruel world. I can no longer go on. Wow. He literally he called for a priest he set up who was going to take care of the kingdom upon his death. He even goes so far as to summon his wife and confess and apologize for all of his wrongdoing, including an affair he'd been having since 1745. He'd been having it with a woman named Jean Antoinette Pison, and she was... So I want to say the Marquis de Pompadour, but mm -hmm. because she's a woman, it's like Marquista or Marquise oh, okay. de Pompadour. Hmm. If somebody is laughing at me listening <laughs> to this right I mean, now. I took French and I can't help you with that yeah. whatsoever. But like, I know like um, Marquis de Lafayette. Oh, sure. So like, I'm like, yeah, it's the same thing, but it's Pompadour instead of Lafayette, but she's a woman. So I know that it's, a, it's like a slightly different word. Hmm. Anyway, so the king... He calls for a priest. He sets up who's going to take care of the kingdom. He confesses his affair to his wife, which I'm sure that she was like, sire, I already knew. <laughs> like, mm -mm. the ladies are not dumb. So he does all this and then recovers in like a week. Okay. So, I mean, at least like he's not being dramatic just for like attention or for something. Like, clearly he actually thought that he was going to die. So I think he just lost... Like, I think he was just a bleeder. Mm -hmm. And so I think he just lost more blood than what was expected of, like, a small puncture. Gotcha. And so I think that's why he thought he was going to die. But, like, depending on the source, he got better in, like, six to ten days. Wow. So even though this was clearly an isolated incident, King Louis XV came out of it supposedly ready to make some changes and be a better man. He wanted his people to trust him. He wanted to be devoted to his wife, like all kinds of stuff like that. So this near-death experience, you know, <laughs> near-death experience, mm -hmm. uh, really made him want to be a better person. Yeah, no, that was short-lived. Uh, he was back with, with good old Jean in a hot second, and it was thought that their friendship continued until she died in 1764 from tuberculosis, the big T. <laughs> the big T, that's a callback. That's a good one. Thank you. So is there evidence that he genuinely like wanted to change, or was it like for publicity-type well, purposes? So we'll get into that, but like that's part of the legend. Like We can't really know what was actually going on in his head, okay. but a lot of sources are like, he confessed his sins and was, was ready to be a new man, and mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. And so it's part of the legend, so we can sure. talk about that in a little bit. But low-key, though... Like, I'm just going to, for a second, talk about our gal, Jean. She really fell into something here because, like, the king fell in love with her and suddenly she had, like, an apartment in the Palace of Versailles and um, he presented her with the Pompadour estate. And this woman went from being, like, nothing from a non-aristocratic family and just, like, rose to the top. 
Like Good for she, her. She even got her brother appointed as the director general of the royal palaces. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, all because you were hot, though. <laughs> That's it? Yeah. I mean, beauty gets you a long way now. I feel like maybe even more so back then. Yeah. Man. I mean, don't get me wrong. There is a lot of... Um, like historical evidence and documentation that like she actually was like a valued advisor Mm -hmm. but like (laughs) they didn't listen to women so like i don't believe that but it probably didn't start off that way Mm -hmm. right no 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 anyway king louis the 15th survived his assassination attempt um until he died of smallpox 17 years later at the age of 64 after being king for 59 years it's quite a career He was known as Louis the Beloved, but honestly, he was super unpopular. So it's kind of like an irony, like it's an ironic thing. Sure. Some historians actually believe that it was King Louis XV's errors that slowly made the monarchy an institution that people no longer trusted. So basically, he started the downfall that eventually led to the French Revolution of 1789. Yeah, it was like a little bit of a turning point. Right. Yeah, so the king was actually dead before the French Revolution actually started, so it's not like we can say that he he was the only cause, you know? Sure, yeah. But he didn't die, he died, like, shortly before. Yeah, I mean, when you originally said that, I would have assumed it was, like, hundreds of years Mm -hmm. or something. I I have no concept of the, the timeline here. No, so we are in 1757, and the French Revolution was in 1789. Okay, yeah. So he lived for, he was king for like 17 more years after this. Hmm. So he was right up until okay, yeah. the French Revolution. So he was actually king up until, yeah, so I guess. Up until like what, 74-ish? Yeah, so like his, he reigned right up until he died? Yeah. Okay, yeah, makes sense. I think that's how it was done pretty much all the time yeah, back usually, then. Yeah, So now on to Robert Francois Damiens. Hmm. He was questioned about uh, the plot to assassinate the king. And by questioned, I mean tortured. They wanted him to spill the beans on the plot. They wanted to know who he planned it with, why he did it, who put him up to it, but he never gave any clear answers. Oh, interesting. The only explanation I read, and this is a guess by historians, Robert used to work for several counselors in parliament who criticized and disliked the king because of his affair, like specifically. Hmm. Like they thought that what he was doing with with good old Jean was not uh, kosher. They knew there was some corruption going on and historians suggest that maybe Robert slowly took all of their opinions to heart hmm. and then kind of like ran with them, like went wild with that opinion. Okay, gotcha. That makes sense. So Robert was captured, obviously, right away. And he was tried from February 12th to March 26th. And even though he failed at doing so, he was found guilty of parricide against the person of the king. Other sources called it regicide, which I liked better because parricide usually means that you tried to kill a parent or a grandparent. Okay. So I don't really understand why some of the sources said that. Yeah, I mean, I, I had, had no idea what either of those words meant. So. Yeah, so regicide is um, killing somebody of regal okay. means, so like the king. That makes sense. Okay. Um, but parricide usually refers to killing a parent or a grandparent, so I was really confused when I read that. Well, and he was convicted of doing Of doing, doing it, things. even though he didn't actually kill him. Not even kind of, like it right. was barely an actual yeah. attempt on his life. So sure. apparently they didn't have like conspiracy to commit or intention to commit yeah, you know just, what i mean they just had to go full on they just for had it. to go for it yeah 
Robert was sentenced to death by public drawing and quartering right in front of the Paris City Hall, which I guess is a hotel now, which is kind of cool. That building is like a lot, a lot, a lot of years old. Anyway, public deaths were obviously popular at the time. We didn't have true crime podcasts and uh, true crime documentaries back then. So Mm -hmm. people had to, you know, get their gore where they could. Yikes. The strange thing to my historical jello brain, though, is that the sources that I read said that he was sentenced to drawing and quartering. Which I have no idea what that means uh-huh. either. And I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. But it's usually hanging, drawing, and quartering. So either he was given leniency and, like, they skipped a step for him, mm-hmm. or the articles I read, like, misspoke. Or maybe sure. used it interchangeably. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see... If hanging, drawing, and quartering is the usual term, like maybe they just shorten it to drawing and quartering or something, but like everyone knows what it means. I don't know. I do not know. Don't have an answer for that. But either way, it took 16 executioners to carry out his sentence, and you're about to find out why. Seems elaborate, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to explain as briefly as possible uh, what this punishment looked like. For the sake of my historical knowledge, I'm actually going to explain the full hanging, drawing, quartering rather than just... Uh, drawing quartering hanging drawing quartering is already confusing because the actual order of events is drawing hanging quartering okay instead of hanging drawing quartering but a lot of people use put hanging first which is weird to me anyway you'll find out why here in a second so at first it starts with drawing drawing refers to a prisoner being tied to a sled like contraption and quite literally dragged from the prison to the execution spot wow. so they are like tied around their torso to something that is being dragged behind the carriage that's taking them to the gallows and historians say that this was probably like a good three-hour drag whoa from the prison so an article i read from howstuffworks.com which i love that website so much go check it out it has some notes from richard clark who is the author of capital punishment in britain which i will link his book in the show notes because it it looks really cool but he's the one that said this was probably a good three-hour drag and that the streets would have just been lined and packed with crowds just humiliating and like throwing things at the prisoners Mm -hmm. garbage and whatever and this is like by carriage yeah okay so yeah i was gonna say it's sort of interesting because like it's not like being dragged by a car like you're not being dragged at like high speeds but also the roads were probably very bumpy and Yeah. yeah but at least you're not it doesn't seem like you're being bare body dragged Okay. You're like on a sled like contraption that's sure. just bumping along. So it's probably not comfortable. Sure. But like yeah. they don't want you to die then. Mm-hmm. So you're on something that keeps you relatively safe so you don't die before you get to. It's just really uncomfy. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the next part is hanging, which most people are familiar with the concept. Mm-hmm. The prisoner would be hanged until, quote, mostly dead, unquote. So not dead, mostly dead. So basically the person isn't dropped from the correct distance to like break their neck and kill them. They're just dropped so that they choke for a while. Yeah, so they're struggling. Yeah, yeah. So I guess they could tell when you were mostly dead and not fully dead. (laughs) So they're probably experts on the subject. I'm sure there were. So finally, quartering. Which has lost all meaning that word has lost all its meaning to me at this point yeah i every time you say it, i just hear corduroy that's all i'm hearing yeah i know i know it's different but that's all i'm hearing at this point i know 
<laughs> I hate corduroy so much. It makes my teeth hurt. Ugh. I can never get corduroy pants. Nope. Ever. I mean, you can wear corduroy pants. I'm just not washing them or helping you with them in any way. I'm not yeah. folding them. Mm-hmm. I will legit not take them. I'm not touching them. Like, that's it. <laughs> um, so, finally, quartering. Quartering involved the prisoner first losing their head and then losing each of their limbs. So, like, quartering your body meant cutting off all your limbs. Mm. So, occasionally... Like, I saw different sources that said different things. So, occasionally, you'll see reports that the prisoner is actually, like, cut open and disemboweled after losing their head and before losing their limbs. Mm-hmm. But that's that comes and goes for some reason. So, um, Richard Clark, the historian that I mentioned earlier, says that the severed limbs from quartering were preserved for as long as possible to demonstrate the absolute power of the mar- monarchy. So, there was no media so they distributed the limbs around to nearby towns as a warning to obey the king. So mm-hmm. quartering was just like the most disgusting marketing scheme imaginable. Yeah, I mean it's just it's just desecrating a corpse, right? Like there's no like the person's not there anymore because they've already lost their head. So Yeah. I feel like that's so interesting when I hear it, and it, maybe it's because it was done by monarchies like whenever I heard drawn and quartered it sounds like a very official like clean process to a degree but very messy yeah very messy very unnecessarily cruel and in case anybody out there knows a lot about uh quartering there are some places where they would literally tie each limb to a different horse and then make all the horses run until you were pulled apart that never happened in france okay yeah so that never happened here so it didn't happen to robert so he would have just been chopped apart. Okay, yeah. For some reason, I thought that was like a Roman thing. It very well maybe. I'm just saying that because like Richard Clark, the historian I mentioned earlier, he went out of his way to say that never happened here because movies okay. kind of make that seem like sure. it's the thing. As Game of Thrones as it can possibly get, the heads that get chopped off after quartering get put on spikes mm-hmm. and they're placed on the London Bridge, which I guess at the time was not falling down. <laughs> um, or or the heads would be put on spikes um, on the London Tower, which if I could do, I'm going to do an episode on the London Tower at some point. Are you? Oh, my. I've oh, seen yeah. It. I've seen it in person. <sighs> Literally, go away. <laughs> so... In summary of this horrible execution style, I'll read you the actual text of the English law outlining the consequences of high treason. And so this was on the books until 1870, which seems seems late in the game to me a little bit, just a little. But anyway, this is the punishment for high treason. That you be drawn on a hurdle to the place of execution where you shall be hanged by the neck and being alive cut down. Your privy members shall be cut off and your bowels taken out and burned before you. Your head severed from your body and your body divided into four quarters to be disposed of at the king's pleasure. Yeah, so here's what I'm going to say about this whole thing, okay? So it, it didn't seem like this guy had a good, like, escape plan after he Oh, did absolutely this. not. He had no plan. There was no plan. And so it seems like if you know this type of thing will happen to you after you do this, you would at least make sure you do it right, you know? You're getting ahead of me because I literally have, like, questions prepared for you okay. to talk about this yeah. exact thing. But honestly, that's that's close to the end of my tale. You know, King Louis the Fifteenth lived another 17 years and Robert died the worst death you could probably have because he decided to stab the king with a letter opener or a butter knife or I don't know what it was, but mm-hmm. it was not effective at all. 
the first question that I have, and you started to talk about it already, so mm -hmm. you can continue your thought. Do you think there was a larger conspiracy, or are you satisfied with the explanation that this man just worked for people who hated the king and, like, clung to their beliefs and just decided to, like, go rogue? I mean, because it was so badly planned out. Like, in my mind, he's just not a very intelligent person sure. who sort of made this decision relatively, like, on a whim and decided to do it. But no, I don't, I don't get the sense there was a larger conspiracy behind this one. I don't either. I definitely think that obviously mental illness was not a thing back then but mm -hmm. like you'd you'd have to have some kind of i don't know there there would have to be some something you know what i mean going on where you can't understand the consequences of what you're about to do because you didn't he couldn't get away yeah there were guards everywhere he literally squeezed between two of them to right. do it so maybe he just planned to squeeze between those same two guards again on his way out i don't know i just find a bad it plan really all weird. around yeah. yeah my second question do you believe that the king actually confessed all of his sins to his wife before he thought he was going to die be i ask this because not every source brings that up mm -hmm. it's part of the legend it's 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 hearsay i guess okay because we obviously weren't there to know this do you think he actually did all of that or do you think that's just part of the tale because he still ended up being a crappy person afterwards. Like, he didn't yeah. get any better. I do think that he probably confessed that affair. Just because what comes after it in terms of him, like, you know, coming out a changed man or whatever. That seems like a publicity stunt to me of, like, trying to save face from the bad publicity that came from what he did immediately after he was you know, right after the, the assassination attempt, right? I feel like his reaction was very real. And then what, you know, his whole changed man performance afterwards was just a performance. Yeah, I have a feeling, I don't know what he confessed, but he, I think he obviously confessed something because there are accounts and evidence that their affair stopped for a minute. Okay. So I don't know if that means like he was just healing, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know, but... Anyway, yeah, I agree. I think that that probably did actually happen. I'm yeah. sure family dinners were awkward after that. <laughs> <laughs> probably. My last question is, why do you think that public executions fell out of style? Like by today, by modern times? No, I mean, so not long after the French Revolution, people kind of stopped with all that. So I'll tell you, one of the sources that I read described how hanged, drawn quartering that whole sentencing mm -hmm. it still existed but the sheriff or the you know executioner whoever it was they started to do it more and more subtly over time until eventually they just did it behind closed doors or like did it at the prison like it wasn't a thing anymore to do it in public mm -hmm. so i have i've read obviously research about well, why that might be mm -hmm. but i was curious what you thought um, I feel like it's been so long since I've studied a lot of these key historical, like, turning points and, like, the timeline of all these things, but my instinct tells me that there was probably either something like the Enlightenment happened or, like, some cultural shift in, like, what people believed or people's morals or, like, the invention of something that changed how people get their news so like maybe something like something along the lines of like a printing press or something like that that so changed you know publicity and everything that they could control the narrative without, right yeah, yeah without having to have 
you know, public executions. But no, I don't think that for just some random reason outside of like a big cultural shift that people just started thinking it was immoral for no reason. Some of the research that I did and read was more about... Gentrification. Yes. I can't say that word. It's okay. I'm trying really hard. Whenever whenever you need to say it, just like, you know, give me a signal and I'll fill in that word. (laughs) It's a hard word to learn. (laughs) Anyway, so they say this because it kind of goes along with the whole, like, not in my backyard kind of thing. Oh, okay. So people had more money, more resources, wanted nicer things, Mm -hmm. kind of built cleaner areas and more beautiful areas. And then it just slowly became a thing where they were like, well, you can't do that here. Well, you can't do that here. Well, you can't Mm -hmm. do that here. Well, you can't do that. You know what I mean? Interesting. So, so they, it wasn't that they didn't want to see it. They just didn't want it to be on their side of town. I guess that's, that's kind of what was alluded to in a lot of the the articles that I read. So they wanted to go see it, but then they wanted to disconnect themselves from what happened and go away to their... That's what it seemed like, but then eventually it just became like a, this wouldn't happen in our neighborhood, so like, why would we go and see it kind of thing? Interesting. Gentrification. (laughs) There you go, good. Yeah, I did it. Yeah, anyway, that's not what I would have guessed, but interesting. Yeah, so... That is the assassination attempt of King Louis the Fifteenth, circa 1757. Interesting. Again, just it seems like if you're going to assassinate somebody, just like, you know, you probably at least want to make sure you're going to do it right, right. Just, you know, go to go to the local knife sharpener, you know? Yeah. Maybe just trade in your little blade for uh, something else. I don't know. Or, like, if you're going to take a tiny blade then have an escape plan maybe i don't know if you're gonna take a tiny blade like stab him in the neck yeah or you know literally anywhere else yeah anyway either plan better or have an escape plan or or just know, don't assassinate people that's probably the better option that would be great yeah that is the story of king louis the 15th and robert francois damiens very embarrassing for the king honestly Honestly embarrassing for Robert, too. Like, if you're going to die like that, at least go out actually having succeeded. I guess. But, I mean, if anybody ever stabs me with anything, I'm just going to downplay it until I know. <laughs> just so that you're I'm not just embarrassed. Just be like, nah, I'm fine. Just so that you're not embarrassed. Yeah, because I don't want to, you know, survive and then it was like a tiny little thing, you know. Hilarious. Just play it cool. Play it cool if you get stabbed. Just keep calm until you know you're dying. Yeah. There's some blood coming out. No need to be over Get a Band-Aid. It's going to be okay. It's just a paper cut. Six to ten days. You're fine. Six to ten days, depending on the source. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I hope that you have enjoyed this episode. You can find us on Instagram at LegendLogicPodcast, or you can send us an email at LegendLogicPodcast at gmail.com. Stay tuned and watch out for what our next topic is going to be, because I think we're going to go film that right now. Oh, my gosh. So we're going to know, but you guys won't know yet. It's our little secret. All right. We hope you keep listening. Talk to you later. Bye.